It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome. It is a Wednesday here on WABC Talk Radio 77. And, of course, in the United States of America, the what's left of the free world as well. Um, there are so many stories. I'm still debating which one I want to lead with today. But if you'd like to be part of today's program, simply dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. There is a lighthearted warning, I guess we're going to start here, from the, the vice president of Substack. If you're unfamiliar with Substack, it is, it is a subscription newsletter platform. You can find all sorts of newsletters there. You have to su- subscribe to the ones you want. And Substack is just growing by leaps and bounds. Their vice president of communications, Lulu Chang Maservi, announced that the company is hiring people, but she warned Twitter employees who are upset that there would be less regulated speech now that Elon Musk has taken a big share of the company's on the board of directors. Well, she says, if you're a Twitter employee who's considering resigning because you're worried about Elon Musk, pushing for less regulated speech, please, please do not come and work here. She told Fox News um, today that her comment was just a lighthearted poke at Twitter, that Substack welcomes applicants from all backgrounds and with a wide range of beliefs and opinions because diversity is strength. But working at Substack only makes sense if you support the ideas relating to our core mission, including that what you read matters, that writers do important work and deserve to be paid well for it, and that healthy discourse needs to allow for respectful disagreement. And uh, that was, yeah, lighthearted poke, but also very real. Because as you know, some of the issues surrounding Twitter have, re- have revolved around people being canceled, the most famous among them, former President Trump. And it's still unbelievable that they were able to do that and get away with it. I have a Twitter account. You can reach me at Bo Snerdly, at Bo, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. And I look forward to, I chat with a lot of people on Twitter, but mostly I post news stories from all across the spectrum. And that is also in keeping with the daily news blast that I push out every day. And if you want to sign up for that, jamesgolden.com is how you do it, jamesgolden.com or boastandearly.com. And that daily news blast is uh, getting quite popular. Um, that Twitter story also has a relation to another story that is in the news. This from townhall.com. An internal CBS revolt is underway because, why? Because CBS had the gall to hire a Republican. CBS decided to hire former Republican congressman and former uh, Trump chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, And according to the Washington Post media reporter, there has been staff turmoil over this. There has been upset and revolt in the staff 
over at CBS because they dared hire a Republican that wasn't a a Trump-hating Republican. The grumbles, the grumbles are just loud over at CBS, which begs the question, if there's so much hate for Republicans at one of the main broadcast networks, how can they cover the news fairly? Well, we know the answer to that, don't we? They obviously have a pronounced bias. And yet these liberals are never embarrassed when they're exposed. This is just part of the way it goes, their way or the highway. Very much like our mayor, very much like Mr. Mr. Eric G.Q. Adams, who, this was a story from AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com, and they are discussing an aspect of the story in their coverage of the New York City worker who was fired because she dared ask the mayor why toddlers are still masked in this city. They put an aspect in this that I hadn't seen anywhere else and that I forgot to cover. It's like, wow, I should have thought of that, but they thought of it. And that is that as they were firing this woman an hour after she dared challenge the mayor, this came right after Adams with this campaign that he's running in Florida to try to get LGP, LGBTQ plus people to move back to New York. And when he announced this, he was standing behind a sign. This is what American Wire News reports, which read, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. Well, apparently you can't say whatever you want to the mayor. You can't ask the mayor, as she did, what Miss Jampel told the mayor at a press conference. What did she say? Ten days ago, you stood right here and you said the mask would come off on April 4th. And they're not. She was questioning him on things, public statements that he has made. And, of course, then you get these lies, these blatant lies coming out of the Eric G.Q. Adams administration that she was fired for cause and not because she spoke her mind. She's on maternity leave. And there's another article I read somewhere about how this is a slap in the face from the playboy Eric G.Q. Adams to motherhood, to mothers. I think that may have been in the Daily Mail. I didn't print that story up. But, I mean, there are all sorts of people that are angry about this firing, this blatant firing of this woman. And this administration, the administration of Eric G.Q. Adams, is totally tone deaf. Or they don't care. Or both. I don't think they care at all what you me or anyone else thinks he's in power. It's his city. As he likes to say, they're his cops. As he likes to say, they're his mayors. When he goes around America, trying to work out gun legislation with other mayors, they're all his. Everything is his. And I don't think he 
Mayor Eric GQ Adams gives one rats behind what anyone thinks. He's going to do what he wants to do. He's the mayor. And if his administration sees fit to fire a mother because she dared ask him a question, well, that's too bad. You all will get the message. Don't ask me, the emperor of New York, the new emperor of New York, any questions. Do as you're told and shut up, especially those of you in the peasant class. The only people that Mayor Eric GQ Adams seems to respond to are the elite rich people who are capable of padding his political action committee with a healthy donation. They, like the New York Mets, get action. The rest of you, the peasant class, eh, not so much. You're just peasants. There has been somewhat of a political earthquake in Kenosha. Kenosha, as you know, has been in the news for the damaging riots. And those riots, which I guess we can call race riots in a way, because they came in direct response to a racial situation with law enforcement. Kenosha has done something that many people would have thought was impossible two or three years ago. Wisconsin's Kenosha County Executive has flipped red for the first time in decades. Now remember, Kenosha was also the scene of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Well, on April 5th, Kenosha voters went to the polls and elected Samantha Kerman, Kirkman as their new county executive. Now, the race is called a nonpartisan race, but Kirkman had the backing of the Republicans. She is a Republican state representative. Her opponent, Rebecca Mastaka Mentink, is a Democrat and serves with the clerk of courts. Not only is this the first time a woman will serve as the county executive in Kenosha, but this is the first time since 1998 that a Republican has been elected to office. This is in Kenosha. This is not a victory, folks. This is an opportunity. And if we look at it as a victory, we are taking the wrong message. This is a major opportunity. This is an opportunity for Samantha Kirkman to demonstrate to the people of Kenosha that under her leadership, life can get better. This is not a victory yet. It is an opportunity. The residents of Kenosha have reached the point where they're answering a question that Donald Trump asked early on. What the hell do you have to lose? And apparently they decided we don't have anything to lose. Let's try a Republican. 
Ms. Kirkman deserves all the support that she can get. She deserves to have people of goodwill from both parties, but particularly Republicans, asking her, what can we do to help you help the people of Kenosha? This is an opportunity that, if squandered, may not come again for many more decades. It is not a victory. It's an opportunity. And Republicans, again, of goodwill from across the country, those of you who say, you know, we need to take back the cities. We need to take back California. We need to take back these blue Okay, a small, but at the same time, very large opportunity. We should get behind Samantha Kirkman in any way we can, whether that means that she has big donor support, whether that means that she has private sector support, Republicans who own businesses that might be willing to actually take a chance on Kenosha. This is an opportunity to change lives and also change the narrative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerby, coming back. Your calls are also coming up, 800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-922, and don't go away. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Bill Withers brings us back on it's WABC. when she's away. It's actually freezing cold when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime, Anytime she goes she away. Goes away. Wonder this time where she's gone. Remember, Jared Cash is up next after this program today. You'll want to keep it here. Let's delve into a little bit of the sad and unseemly news from various points in the country. Let us start here in Manhattan. A crossing guard, crossing guard was pegged with a bottle in Lower Manhattan by a, re- a repeat offender. Ooh, guess what? A repeat offender has committed yet another crime. Isn't that remarkable? How does that happen? This repeat offender had over 70 busts, 70 arrests, and he's 30 years old. Tyreek Martin. 30 years old with over 70 arrests. Allegedly attacked a 37-year-old female guard. 7.40 in the morning. Bayard and Bowery Streets while she was on duty helping children cross the street. Threw a bottle at her. Hits her. Hits her with a bottle. Moving on to Georgia. Georgia. 
There's a video, and if you happen to see this video, you will probably be as disgusted as I was. There's a basketball going on, a basketball game. It's called, the tournament was The Love of the Game. It was held at the Stronghold Christian Church. Now, at this game, this is these are eighth graders. And by the way, sadly, no, not sadly, factually, all black. Eighth graders. They chased multiple players from the team, chased down a referee. Then they also, some of the spectators joined in. This is at a church, a basketball game. They chased the referee, pinned him to the floor, began punching, kicking him. The referee required hospitalization, 30 stitches. He is expected, thankfully, to make a full recovery. There wasn't any adult in the scene trying to break this melee up. Team, the team, members of the team, and spectators. And the the referee, by the way, is a black guy, too. They chase him down and just beat the living crap out of him in a church, in a church basketball ring. This is just insanity, what is going on with certain aspects of the culture. This is insanity. And I guarantee you, if someone were to say things like, oh, they're acting like young animals, there would be all all sorts of people saying, how dare you? How dare you? Talk about these young children like that. How dare you? How racist is that? If you say this was savage behavior, oh my gosh, how dare you try to inflame this with race? So I'm not going to say that it was savage behavior or that these young beings that are inhabiting human bodies were acting like animals. I'm not going to say any of that. All I will say is, it is a disgrace. It is an utter disgrace. And what the report, what the newspaper should have had today was a story that all of them have been arrested and thrown in jail and will remain in jail. Let's return back to Manhattan from Georgia. The New York City Police Department is asking for the public's help Again, trying to identify three males. Now, the picture shows these three males. They do, they're not black guys. They look either white or Hispanic. So at least there's another part of the culture. It's not, see, this cultural problem is not a race problem. It is a behavior problem. It is a generational problem. They were hurling anti-Semitic statements at six boys one of the in, in, in six Jewish kids in Manhattan over the weekend. West 86th Street, West End Avenue. And one of the suspects also, get this, menaced these young Jewish kids who are out minding their business with a sword. There are pictures of them. You can go to the New York Post. And, and if you care to 
if you live in that area especially, you should really try to help identify who these young miscreants are. This is another bunch that belongs in jail. And, of course, we can't say of these little children, oh, my gosh, they're acting like animals. This is savage behavior. Because, no, oh, no, no, no. What did Nancy Pelosi say? Each one of them is a spark of divinity. They're young thug hoodlums, and they need to be put in jail. But, of course, when you put them in jail in New York, thanks to the liberals on this city council, thanks to people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others, they're just going to be released again. And then we'll have our mayor, Eric GQ Adams, giving us more lip service about how he's going to make the city safe while he's firing people because they dare ask him a question. This last story has to do with an incident that happened on Long Island. Now, you may remember this. MS-13 gang members hacked men to death with machetes. Long Island's little devil, they call her Diablita. You know, El Diablo is, you know, the devil. Diablita is what they call her. MS-13 Diablita licked the blood off her lips during the Long Island Massacre. That is what the prosecutor is saying Wednesday in closing arguments of her murder trial. 22 years old. They're hacking men to death. She's there crouching down by the victims, watching them being hacked to death. Blood gets on her face. She licks it up. Now, I bring this story up because there is something happening happening at the borders, and you are not seeing this reported in any of the mainstream press outlets, none of them. But on our On the Border webcast here, you are on our podcast, you are getting direct information from one of the foremost reporters in America. And there is a surge already underway at the borders. There are so many people coming over right now that Border Patrol cannot handle them. They are letting them in. And what does that mean? That means that these same MS-13, a lot of these MS-13 miscreants came here illegally from El Salvador. Some have been sent back. I guarantee you with the open borders and now Cuba... This is what Todd Benzman tells us. This is one of the topics that we go to in depth on this installment, the current installment of On the Border. Cuba has now opened up a flight path. They have a relationship now with Nicaragua where they're allowing Cubans to flee Cuba by air, go to Nicaragua, and from Nicaragua to work their way up into America. So we are now seeing a surge. And what Ted Benzman is saying is that this is the Muriel airlift. It's not the boat lift this time. There could be another situation where Cuba's dictators are opening up their prisons and their mental wards, putting them all on airplanes, sending them to Nicaragua so that the NGOs, by the way, some of whom are financed by the United Nations, will help them enter the United States illegally. The flood of of, of illegal immigrants that are expected beginning in a few weeks, 
is of such that if it continues for a year, we will have six, approximately what is projected, 6,480,000 illegal crossings into the United States. We will have a bigger surge under Joe Biden of illegal immigrants than any time in American history. And this is all happening, and your mainstream outlets, like those good people over at CBS who were so worried that they hired a Republican, they're not covering it. Neither are they at MSN, PMSNBC, where, where they're calling Tom Cotton all sorts of horrible names because he dared challenge the vote of Judge Jackson, soon-to-be Associate Justice Jackson. And meanwhile, you've got AmericanWireNews.com asking a question, how much lower can this media go? There's a cartoon today in the Washington Post. It depicts Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as a wicked witch child killer with dead bodies of children, trans children, and Mickey Mouse behind him. DeSantis is the wicked killer. This hate speech is in the Washington Post. Meanwhile, you have unprotected borders. Meanwhile, you have this this incredible culture fostered by Democrats of violence, lawlessness, and immorality spreading in every city in America. And we've got Mayor GQ Adams running his mouth about how he's going to make everybody self-safe, firing a mother because she dares ask him a question about his broken promises that he made in public. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. We're coming right back. So please stay with us. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Ah, yes, the queen, Queen B. Mrs. Z. Beyonce. That's right, Mrs. Z, otherwise known as Mrs. Carter. Crazy for you, baby, on WABC Talk Radio 77, New York's iconic radio station. We're the station you grew up with. You loved us then, you'll love us now. Yeah, so crazy in love with you. James Golden with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, there's a lot, and we're going to get to the telephones. I see you there on the phones, and I'm not going to keep you waiting too much longer. But there is a story that I'd like to uh, go to first. Vermont has advanced a bill, our friends up north, uh, to simplify amending birth certificates to match gender identity. Now, this is this is how subtle it is 
in the in the mainstream press. This story is from the Hill, and so the sub headline says the bill would streamline the process for amending a birth certificate to accurately reflect a person's gender identity. Accurately? Well, you know, look, again, not trying to be insulting to anybody, not trying to hurt feelings, but if we are going to speak truth to power and speak truth to the powerful minority... Birth certificates already accurately reflect a person's gender, they're male or they're female. That's that. Now, let us, though, acknowledge something. In the United States of America, our framework as a country was designed so that states had rights, unenumerated rights, belong to the states. So if the right, for instance, to claim that you are accurately reflecting a person's gender by changing a birth certificate, if that is not one of the rights that was enumerated as a federal right, it is up to the states to decide. So Vermont is within their constitutional purview to do this. But here's how this seeps through society, you see. Vermont will do this, and they will have people that say, okay, I'm neither one of those genders, I'm another gender, and that's what their birth certificate will have on it from Vermont. Now, let's say these people move to another state that does not recognize this, and they need a birth certificate for something. Well, if that state that they've moved to doesn't recognize that there could be another gender, you're headed for court because the person will say, I'm being discriminated against. This is unfair. The state I moved to, they they won't recognize what Vermont recognized. I'm, I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. Right? So now it ends up in a court. And this is how liberals have managed to incrementally push their agenda through. They never, ever, 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 ever give up. And that, by the way, goes back to the opening monologue when I said we have a rare opportunity in Kenosha. And all of us need to figure out a way how we can help the new executive in Kenosha succeed and help turn around Kenosha for the better, if at all possible. But back to Vermont. What happens in Vermont won't stay in Vermont because Vermonters, now, by the way, the 15th state, including the district, and that includes the District of Columbia, which means 14 states, and the district recognize an X gender marker on birth certificates. So what is happening is that these blue states, these Democrats, are going to try to force every state in America to do this. And I guarantee you the lawsuits are coming. Let us go to the telephones and let us begin with Frank in Staten Island. Frank, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 
You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Yes, Bo Snurley. How are you, Frank? How are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon. Oh, wow. Well, this is like, this is what we call altruism on steroids, total self-sacrifice. This, this assemblywoman, Latrice Walker, who is on a hunger strike because she, she doesn't want any, cha- any changes with a capital A to the no-cash bail law. She wants to sacrifice her entire health for these losers, for these criminals. She cares about black and brown criminals. What about the black and brown victims and the white and Asian victims? She doesn't care. She cares about criminals, and she's willing to ruin her own body, her health, by having a hunger strike. This is irrational self-sacrifice. This is oh, this is terrible. She's from District Fifty Five in Brooklyn, and she was on with John Katz last night. Catch at night. Now look. Democrats are going to always go showbiz Hollywood if they could on almost any issue. Okay, so here's a little bit of virtue signaling. Oh, I'm going on a hunger strike. Okay, check in with her next year. Let's see. There was I remember there was a radio host who I happened to think highly of, by the way, in Washington D.C., who went on a hunger strike. He was going to stay on a hunger strike if the if the Republicans didn't pass the John Lewis voting, voting rights bill, which was a sham. And by the way, there's a great story, of which unbelievably is in Politico today, that, that actually tells the truth. Here's the headline. The new voting restrictions aren't as restrictive as many think. And what this story in Politico does, I don't have time right now to do it. Maybe we'll try to cover it later in the week. It exposes how the Democrats have been using this as a wedge issue and basically lying about what is in these bills. They don't restrict voting rights at all. But this is the sham that Democrats do. But anyway, there was a a talk show host, and then that was joined by other people who said, okay, we're going on a hunger strike. We're going on a hunger strike if the John Lewis voting rights bill isn't passed. And then you had a bunch of students that said, we're going on a hunger strike, too. We're not going to eat. And so you know what happened? Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks went by, and all of a sudden you didn't hear about the hunger strike anymore. And you didn't hear about anybody dying from starvation. The guy's still on the air. The voting rights bill still didn't pass. And that hunger strike that was so public virtue singing, ah, well, it went by the wayside. So I wouldn't invest too much in this. You know, people get hungry after a while. So she's going to fast maybe for a week or two or three. Lose some weight. If I had enough willpower, I would go on a hunger strike. So I could drop a few pounds. I just don't have the willpower. Even a one-day fast is hard for me. It's like I'm ready to eat. I want something to eat. So I wouldn't put too much in it. And if she does get sick, and if she does indeed, if she's one of these rare birds that actually says, okay, I'm not going to eat for a while, her family can maybe have her committed and force-fed. How's that? Let's go to Pete and Piscataway. Thanks for the call. Pete, hi, WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Pete? Oh, I couldn't be better. You better, And you'll be better um, yourself at 5 o'clock. <laughs> um <laughs> My um, comment is when they had the Sacramento killings, I heard on ABC News in the morning that one of the victims was 32 years old. He left behind two children, but he did, they didn't say anything about a wife. 
And then at night on Nightline, uh, they said, well, there was a 38 year old victim and he leaves behind three children, but no wife. Now, my comments, whether they got the wires crossed, it's two different people or the same guy. This there's something wrong with that picture. And uh, B, the. Um, they should. If they would have been home with their families, they'd be alive today. Okay, let's and not blame the victims. No, 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 no. Pete, with all due respect and love to you, bro, we don't blame the we don't blame the victims here. These people were killed. They had every right to be out. They shouldn't have to stay inside out of fear. And what we've just learned, if you listen to the top of the hour news with Jen, I'm sorry, the half hour news with Jen Grodd, what we just learned is that. One of the shooters has multiple offenses and is another one of these cases where they've been released from jail early thanks to these liberal laws. Okay, the people that are responsible for this are the brutal murderers. And in a sane country, they pay the ultimate price. But here's what Gavin Newsom did out in California. He just unilaterally released all of the death row inmates that were there to pretty much gen pop. Okay, no death row. No, we're not going to we're not going to enforce the jury verdicts that found you guilty of capital murder. He just said, "Oh no, get it. No death row for you." So this is what happens when you elect liberals. They don't care about the people. Hence our own mayor Eric GQ Adams. But I am not going to sit by and listen to people blaming the victims here. These people had every right to be out. And as for the person where they don't mention a wife, we don't know what people's circumstances are. You know, we don't know. He, he may, maybe for all you know, he's a widower. We don't know. So let's not jump to conclusions, please. Let us go to a break. And when we come back, we will take more of your calls right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC, traffic and transit. In the Lower Hunt Valley, New City, Rotham County, an accident on the shoulder blocking the Palisades Parkway northbound, and that's before exit 10 Middletown Road. Briarcliff Manor in Westchester, stop and go, New York Route 9 and A, northbound between Route 100 and the Sawmill River Road. White Plains traffic jamming on I-287, Westchester Expressway eastbound, that's at exit 8 Bloomingdale Road. And uh, in Scarsdale, stop and go. The Hutchison River Parkway northbound between Weaver Street and Route 127. Very quick look at the bridges and tunnels right now. GWB inbound, upper OK, lower fine, outbound. We have heavy delays. Alternate side parking rules in effect for today. And I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC traffic and transit update. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. W. A. B. C. Talk Radio 77 in New York. This is the one and only Donna Summer. Queen of Disco, hot stuff, brings us back. You know, this melody, right? This is like an almost a Middle Eastern melody on that. It's so cool.
that song, the production has held up all of these years, decades actually, still sounds great. Uh, in Seattle, the Seattle Museum of Pop Culture is holding a week-long $400 summer camp. You can send your kids to summer camp in Seattle, and here's what you'll get for your $400. A cross-sex drag artist named Joshua Hancock will instruct your child, children as young as 12, the art of of drag, how to create your own personas, how to be a drag queen or king. The art of drag. And this is not a new summer camp. It's been offered for the past two summers in Seattle. The Seattle Museum of Pop Culture. Send your kids for summertime. You're looking for something to do. You know, they've been in the house for two years. Might as well send them out to Seattle where they can learn how to cross-dress and the art of drag. Let us go to Sergeant Major Mike in Fort Dix. How are you, sir? Hey, hi, sir. Good afternoon. Hey, I'm a huge fan of your work. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, sir. Uh, three quick things I'll let you go so I know you're up against time. Um, first and foremost, Eric Adams is a disaster and running a con job on the people of New York City. Two, did you hear the new, the new acronym for BLM, Black Lives Matter? What is it? On Tucker last <laughs> Big lavish mansions. <laughs> I, I had, that's why I had to call you, brother. Hey, and three, three. I know you got to go, but I wanted your opinion because you're you're a master of music. Uh, you may be a little bit young to remember this song, but on your uh, on your um, Motown list, where are the Smokey Robinsons? You really got to hold on me, rank on your. Oh, list. are you kidding? You go, Smokey Robinson, vice president of Motown, by the way, for many you really years. Got to hold on me. You really got a hold on me. One of early, one of his early hits, and that was back when Smokey's wife was with the group. Now, Smokey Robinson, we're going to play some Smokey one of these days. In fact, I'd love to do, when we start our songwriters uh, podcast, which I'm going to be starting in a few weeks, um, Smokey is one of those that we'll do because Smokey is an amazing songwriter. He wrote so many hits for the other Motown artists. He was a great executive with Motown. And You Really Got a Hold on Me was one of his classic songs. Of course, we all remember Tracks in My Tears, Ooh Baby Baby. But there's a live album that I would that I would recommend for people that are true Smokey Robinson fans. It was the farewell performance in 1970, it was 72, 74, I think 72. And it was um, at a D.C. location. And it's a double album. It's live. I'll get the exact name of it maybe by Saturday. And... The performance that Smokey Robinson and the Miracles give as their as their farewell performance is truly amazing for all the Smokey Robinson fans out there. Thanks for that call, Sergeant Major. Totally enjoyed it. Let us go to Sinjay in New Jersey. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Sinjay? Uh, yes. Yes, you are. Thank, Thank you, you. Uh, for taking that call. Um, can you uh, – people are saying – that the uh, illegal immigration will stop when the Republicans take the House and the Senate. Um, but it just seems to me that that's not going to happen because um, how exactly are they going to put a stop to that? Okay, Sanjay, I think what people are meaning to say is we won't see it, this out-of-control open borders that we have under Joe Biden. You raise a good point. Let's be... It is almost impossible right now, 
given the framework that we are under to stop illegal immigration. Remember, every time Donald Trump tried to act, whether it's build the wall, whether it's instituting rules, liberals do what? They run into court and try to stop it. So there will always be some right now illegal immigrants coming through. But it was severely capped under Donald Trump because he was serious about shutting it down across the southern border. And how will that happen? Easy. He will institute Title 42, which is, again, stopping this insane asylum policy that we have, which, by the way, is nothing but a scam. And the U.N. and others are helping illegal immigrants scam it so that they can come into the country again. I refer you to the On the Border podcast with Todd Benzman. We have, we're have we about five or six episodes in, but we covered that one on the second episode, I believe how the U.N. is helping get people in the country with these asylum scams. But there is so much work to be done with immigration. We have to shut down what is popularly called, and the left hates it, the anchor babies, where people are allowed to come over here, they pay all kind of money, come over here, have the baby on United States soil, so that then they could tap into the welfare system without any intention of ever becoming a citizen of the United States themselves, the parents. They just want to, quote, unquote, suck off the teat of America. That has to be shut down. The asylum, this phony asylum scam has to be shut down. There has to be hard enforcement at the border. I mean troops at the border. And not just in, in, in Texas. We need all throughout the coastlines, including Florida's coastline, including the coastline in California, There has to be a serious effort to secure the borders. The United States is the only country that I'm aware of, of any of the developed nations in the world, that allows their borders to be intruded the way that ours are. And it's sickening. It is a danger to national security. And this administration is the absolute worst. Again, if predictions are accurate, what we could be looking at in one year from now is that over 6 million 480,000 illegal immigrants will try to come into the country. And if that happens, the effect that it is going to have on your cities is astounding. Let us go to Marty in Brooklyn. Marty, thanks for waiting. Time short. Get right to your point. Well, Mr. Adams is not doing anything unusual. Bad, but not unusual. I was a city lawyer. These guys are thin-skinned tyrants. You say far less than what what this woman said would get you fired. The interesting uh, question, I think, James, I'd love to hear your opinion. Why didn't he wait a month like they normally do and let it quiet down? Did he want to send a message to everybody else to get in line? Or does he just lack the political skills? They could have handled this firing in six weeks. Nobody would have noticed. I think that we are seeing an amazing ego on parade with Mayor Adams. We are seeing... Mayor GQ Adams, a narcissist like no other in in American mayoralty history. I don't think he cares what you think, what we think. This is a damn, you. oh, you want to raise up your voice and speak to me? You're fired, B-I-itch. And I think that was the message, biatch. You're fired. And Debbie, I didn't say the word. I have a friend who tells me my language, I need to watch my language. I didn't say it. But I think that's the attitude that we got from him. He was incensed 
that this peasant, that this low life woman would dare speak to his eminence in such a way in public and try to embarrass him. So it came on from above right away. You get rid of that biatch right now. And that's what his minions in City Hall did. And then they have the nerve to lie about it and say it's for cause. There was no cause. The only cause was she dared speak truth to power. And all you Democrats that always whine, oh, we need to speak truth to power. Look what happens when a mother in New York City spoke truth to the power of the new mayor, Eric Adams. Eric GQ Adams. What happened? We are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are definitely New York. The greatest city in the world, and we are all New Yorkers. And we live in the best country in the world. A country like no other. Our beloved United States of America. May God bless, protect each and every one of you and your families. And look on those being mercilessly treated to the horrors of the world in Ukraine. John Katz is up next. Keep it right here. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.